Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. Today I'm going to be doing my first mock draft of the offseason. And keep in mind, this is what I expect the teams to do. This is not what I personally would do. And there's going to be trades in this mock draft. As you guys are watching this video, let me know what you guys think in the comments. If you disagree on a player, let me know and explain your reasoning. This is obviously not going to be anywhere close to 100%. You know, one guy goes to a different spot, it shifts the entire draft board. So I'm not trying to claim that this is going to be 100% accurate. There's a lot of variability with every pick. I'll be updating this mock draft right before the draft, maybe a day or two before I'll post my 2.0. But for right now, this is what I have. If you guys are enjoying the video, liking and subscribing would help me out a ton, but let's get right into it. The first guy I have going to the Jacksonville Jaguars at number one is Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson. This number one pick is pretty much locked in. Trevor Lawrence is one of the best prospects we've seen in a while. Lawrence has an incredibly impressive college resume. He was the starter for all three years at Clemson, won a national championship, only lost two games his entire collegiate career, and the Jaguars need a new franchise quarterback. They have a pretty solid team. They just kind of need that quarterback to fill in and really help a, a young team like the Jaguars grow. Lawrence is currently minus 10,000 odds to go number one. So this would mean you bet $10,000 for Lawrence to go number one, you would only win $100. So that kind of just shows how locked in this pick really is. There's not a ton to talk about here since it's pretty set in stone. Next, I have Zach Wilson going to the Jets at number two. There was a lot of speculation throughout the beginning of the offseason. Are the Jets going to stick with Sam Darnold? Some people were thinking that the Jets should draft maybe Panay Sewell, kind of build around Sam Darnold. You know, you haven't really given him the best opportunity. You haven't had the weapons around him. But in my opinion, the Jets went out. They made the smart decision. If you have a pick this high and you think you can get a franchise guy, you go get him. You're going to get him on that rookie deal for five years. And so they went out, they traded Sam Darnold to the Panthers. They're really committing to Zach Wilson. He's going to be their guy, likely from day one. Zach Wilson is a pretty accurate passer. He's a good decision maker, and he also has mobility. Not as great as Justin Fields and Trey Lance in the mobility department, but he can definitely get it done, similar to Trevor Lawrence. This is another pick that's seemingly pretty locked in. The Jets have been connected to Wilson for a long time, and it seems like they've narrowed their focus on him. So I don't expect this to change uh, within the next week. Next up, I have the 49ers drafting Justin Fields with the number three pick. Now remember, the 49ers previously had the number 12 pick, but they traded up with the Dolphins to get this number three slot, and this move was made to get a quarterback. The only problem is, no one really knows which guy it's going to be. At the beginning, there was a lot of Mac Jones hype. Everyone was saying this move was to specifically get Mac Jones, but people have kind of faded off of that. Mac Jones was originally a huge betting favorite. Now it's kind of settled. You have Fields, Mac Jones, and Lance kind of all in a similar range. I truly think the 49ers could go Mac Jones here, or I think they could go Trey Lance. But if I was going to have to guess right now, I think they're going to go Justin Fields. He has a great arm. He's very mobile. I think it gives Kyle Shanahan a very versatile option at quarterback. Justin Fields can kind of do everything. He can make every throw, and he's also incredibly mobile, and so you can integrate that into the offense. The 49ers also have the luxury of taking a guy that maybe can sit a year or two behind Garoppolo. You still have Jimmy G there, 
who did bring them to the Super Bowl. Well, I don't know if he brought them there. It was a pretty stacked team, but he was a quarterback on that team that made the Super Bowl just two years ago. And this year, they have a lot of key players coming back from injury. So I fully expect that they think that they can make a run back to the Super Bowl with Jimmy G at quarterback. And so drafting this franchise guy is really for the future and is someone that's going to keep them at that top for years to come. Next, at number four, I have the Atlanta Falcons selecting Kyle Pitts from Florida. Now, this pick, I think, also has a lot of variance. I think the Falcons could potentially take a developmental quarterback. Maybe they look at Trey Lance, who can sit a couple years behind Matt Ryan and then take over, kind of similar to a Jordan Love with the Packers. Or I also think this is a slot where the Falcons could trade back. Maybe you have another team who really wants to draft a Trey Lance or a Mac Jones. But I think as of right now, I think the Falcons are committed. They're in a win-now mode, and Kyle Pitts really helps them in that regard. They went out, they restructured Matt Ryan's contract, which basically gives him a ton of dead cap space for this year and next year. So trading him would be pretty tough. But you go out, you draft the best tight end in this class, arguably the best receiver in general, and you add him to this already explosive offense. And this is just going to be a fun offense to watch next year. You have Pitts, Julio, Ridley. It's going to be crazy stacked. And that's really putting you in a win now position. Next at number five, I have the Bengals taking Panay Sewell out of Oregon. And I think this pick is really between two main guys. I think you have Panay Sewell and I think you have Jamar Chase. Obviously, Jamar Chase played with Joe Burrow at LSU, and they obviously had a ton of chemistry together, won a national championship. And I could fully see them going with Chase at this pick, but I think right now you need to go out and get the best offensive tackle in the draft. I think the Bengals see that. They really struggled with the offensive line last year. You had Joe Burrow out with a season-ending injury due to getting hit. And you just really can't have that when you have a cornerstone quarterback. You need that guy to be healthy and you need him to be protected. So you add Panay Sewell to this offensive line, you're really bolstering it and you kind of pair him with Burrow for years to come. So that's why I think Sewell is the pick at number five. Now moving on to number six, I have Jamar Chase being selected by the Miami Dolphins out of LSU. And Jamar Chase is the best receiver in this draft class. He put up historic numbers as a sophomore and then opted out his junior year. Some people might want to see the Dolphins get a Devontae Smith or a Jalen Waddell to kind of pair one of those Alabama receivers with Tua for that chemistry, but I really think Jamar Chase is just too talented a receiver to pass up. I think he's just another level ahead of Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell, so I think you have to take him here. You give Tua a young weapon for him to grow with. And you really now have this big three at wide receiver in Miami. You have Jamar Chase, you have Will Fuller, and you have Devontae Parker. And this really gives Tua every opportunity to prove himself as an NFL caliber quarterback. Now at number seven, I have the first trade of this mock. And the Denver Broncos are going to be trading up with Detroit. So the Broncos are going to get the seventh pick. Detroit is going to move back to number nine. And they're also going to get a couple extra picks. And the Broncos are making this trade to get a quarterback. I do not think they are confident with Drew Locke to be their franchise guy. And I think they're a little bit concerned that another team, maybe the Patriots, the Washington football team, move up and kind of snag their guy. But I think they go here with Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. And I think this pick really opens up this quarterback room in Denver. 
You have Drew Locke, who really hasn't proven himself, but is still a really young quarterback. So you can bring Trey Lance in. Maybe you add another veteran to kind of mentor Locke and Lance. But you let Locke play quarterback for next year or maybe the year after as well. And then you really let Lance develop. You can see what you have in Locke, see what you have in Lance. Then, best case scenario, Lance slides in at your starter, and you're able to trade Drew Locke for a decent amount of value. I think right now, the Broncos are a franchise quarterback away from being serious playoff contenders, and so I think the Broncos are going to be really aggressive in this draft and really try to fill that hole at quarterback. At the number eight pick, I have the Carolina Panthers selecting offensive tackle Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern, and I think here the Panthers are candidates to trade back. You know, they originally were looking at quarterback, but with Sam Darnold being traded there, I don't think they're going to force it and trade up in the draft. And I don't know if they're going to like any of these guys who fall to them at number eight. So I think you just get an NFL-ready offensive lineman, the pretty much consensus number two behind Panay Sewell. And you just help build around Sam Darnold and your franchise running back Christian McCaffrey. You give them all the extra help they need to really set them up for success. Now at number nine, this will be the Lions picking after their trade with the Broncos. And I see the Lions going out and drafting wide receiver Jalen Waddell out of Alabama. If I'm being honest with you, the Lions have a lot of needs on this roster, and I think they could go in a lot of different directions. But wide receiver is definitely a big need for them. They had Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr. both leave in free agency. Those were their number one and number two receivers. They brought in Rashad Perriman and Tyrell Williams, but those two do not even compare to Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr., not even on the same spectrum. It's not even close. So I think the Lions really want to go out there and get an explosive weapon. You just brought Jared Goff in. You kind of got to give him some weapons to work with. I think you got to see if he's the franchise guy. I'm not sure if he's going to be. I'm not super confident in that, but you just got to give him at least some opportunity. So you pair Jalen Waddle with your breaking out tight end TJ Hawkinson, and you know you really can see what you have with that offense. Now moving on to the number 10 pick, I have the Dallas Cowboys selecting Patrick Sertan out of Alabama. The Cowboys need some help in their secondary, and Patrick Sertan is basically the consensus number one cornerback after Caleb Farley's injury. So I think this is a really good fit. It fills a need for the Cowboys, and you're also getting a really talented player in Patrick Sertan, who's a top 10 talent on most people's draft boards. At the number 11 pick, we're going to get our second trade of this mock draft. I have the New York Giants trading down with the New England Patriots. The Patriots move up to the number 11 slot. The Giants move down to number 15. The Giants get a couple extra picks in there. But now this gives the New England Patriots their opportunity to draft their quarterback of the future at the number 11 slot. And so here they're going to go Mac Jones out of Alabama. Mac Jones is a guy who could have gone at that number three slot, but if he doesn't go there, I could definitely see him falling to this number 11 slot. And the Patriots know that Cam Newton is not the long-term answer. They re-signed him on a one-year deal. And that kind of gives the Patriots some wiggle room here with how they want to implement Mac Jones. They could let Jones sit and learn behind Cam Newton for this one year, or they could just say, Cam Newton, sorry, we have our guy. Your money is not guaranteed. You're going to be our backup and let Mac Jones just step into this new offense. The Patriots went out and they acquired a ton of weapons this offseason. They really kind of reshaped this entire offense. You added Johnu Smith, Hunter Henry, 
Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar. You still have Jacoby Myers there. And so you really are giving Mac Jones an opportunity to step into a much improved offense from what the Patriots had last season. Now at number 12, we have the Eagles picking. And this was originally the Niners pick, which turned into the Dolphins pick, which the Eagles traded with the Dolphins. And so now the Eagles are drafting at number 12. And I think they're kind of satisfied with this draft position because they're still going to get one of their weapons. They will be drafting Devontae Smith out of Alabama. And the Eagles are in desperate need of a weapon. You had Zach Ertz there, but it seems like he's going to get traded. You have Dallas Goddard at tight end, so that's solid. But their wide receiver room is looking absolutely barren. If Jalen Hurts is going to be your franchise guy, you need to surround him with weapons. And the Eagles have not done a good job doing that. Their last two drafts, they drafted J.J. Arcega-Whiteside in 2019 and then Jalen Rager in 2020. And neither of those guys have broken out and proven that they can really help on the offense. And so I think the Eagles need to go back to the wide receiver well in the draft. And if Devontae Smith is still on the board, I think he's a guy you have to take a shot on to really give Jalen Hurts every opportunity to win this quarterback job and be the QB of the future for the Eagles. Now at number 13, I have the Chargers selecting offensive lineman Christian Derisaw out of Virginia Tech. The Chargers have already come out and shown that they want to improve this offensive line. In free agency, they went out and signed former All-Pro center Corey Lindsley from the Packers, and drafting Derisaw only boosts this O-line even more. If you have a young quarterback like Justin Herbert, you want to really build around him, protect him for the future, just like the Bengals need to. And I think this just helps this offense a lot. You give Justin Herbert more time back there. And you also help this running game with Austin Eckler, who you've just recently paid big money to. So I think this definitely fills a hole on the Chargers roster and will be a solid piece on their offensive line for years to come. Now at the number 14 pick, I have the Minnesota Vikings drafting edge rusher Jalen Phillips out of Miami. This pick addresses a need that the Vikings have at pass rusher. They could really use a guy like that to add to their defense. Phillips does have injury concerns, but I do think his upside definitely outweighs the risk and will be a really solid fit here with Minnesota. Now at 15, we have the New York Giants picking. This was originally the New England Patriots pick, but it's now the Giants after their trade. And I think they trade back. They have a couple needs that they need to fill. And I think you're still able to fill these needs here at number 15. And so I have them going with cornerback J.C. Horn out of South Carolina. I think the Giants need to add to their secondary. And Horn is a guy who got pushed up draft boards after Caleb Farley's injury. He was originally looking like the number three guy. But now after Farley's injury, I think he gets bumped up to the number two on most people's boards. I think he's kind of the safer option without those injury concerns. The Giants definitely could have gone in a couple different directions on this pick, maybe offensive line, potentially receiver, but I think in the offseason, you went out in free agency and you improved the offense a bunch. You signed Galladay and Rudolph. Now it's time to really lock down that secondary. Now at pick number 16, I have the Cardinals drafting offensive lineman Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC. I think the Cardinals are definitely in play for a cornerback. I think they're also in play for a wide receiver. There have been reports coming out that the Cardinals are interested in trading up in this draft to get one of those top receivers, maybe Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddell. That's a little bit surprising to me because you do have DeAndre Hopkins, you have Christian Kirk, and I think you definitely have some other needs on this offense, but those reports are out there, so there's likely some truth to it. But they go offensive lineman here with Elijah Vera Tucker. He's very versatile. 
He's played left tackle in college, but can also play on either tackle or on the interior. I think with the Cardinals, he has the opportunity to play on the outside, but I think at least at the beginning, I think you see him slot in at a guard slot and really fill a void that the Cardinals have on their interior O-line. Like I've mentioned for other players like Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, if you have a franchise quarterback, it's very important to protect them and you want a guy like Kyle Murray to have a lot of time to work back there and to stay healthy. At number 17, I have the Las Vegas Raiders selecting linebacker Micah Parsons out of Penn State. Parsons is incredibly talented. He's a guy that I think could go much earlier, but I have seen him falling in some other mock drafts, so it'll be interesting to see where he goes. And while the Raiders do have a ton of needs, they could go O-line. It's been pretty messed up this offseason. They could go interior defensive line or linebacker. I think they go with the consensus best linebacker in the draft, who is Parsons. Parsons is freakishly athletic, and he's just a really great playmaker that you can add to this John Gruden-led defense. Now at pick 18, I have the Miami Dolphins. They originally went with Jamar Chase. Now with their second pick in the first round, I'm going to see them go on the defensive side where they draft linebacker Jeremiah Owusu-Karamoa out of Notre Dame. He's a very versatile linebacker. He can match up with tight ends, slot receivers, and running backs in coverage, which is not something that you see with every linebacker. And I think he just adds another really solid piece to this already locked down Miami Dolphins defense. Now at number 19, I have the Washington football team selecting Tevin Jenkins, the offensive tackle out of Oklahoma State. It fills a need for the Washington football team on the O-line. Jenkins mostly played right tackle in college, but he also has experience at left tackle and right guard. Some people are concerned about Tevin Jenkins' athleticism, which kind of raises questions about whether or not he's going to stay at tackle at the higher level or if he's going to have to shift to guard. But I think no matter where he plays, Tevin Jenkins is going to find success somewhere on that O-line, and he'll be doing it with the Washington football team. The Chicago Bears are selecting at pick 20, and this is a slot where I think they have a lot of needs. They could go wide receiver, they could go cornerback, they could go O-line, but I think they go with Caleb Farley, the cornerback out of Virginia Tech. Farley was a guy who was pretty much locked in to go top 15 if he didn't have this injury concern, but he just recently had back surgery. Earlier in the offseason, Kyle Fuller was released by the Bears, so I think Farley fills that void that Fuller left. His stock was definitely hurt by his back surgery this offseason, but I think the Bears see an opportunity to get a guy who has top 15 talent at the back half of the first round, and I think they capitalize on that opportunity. Next up at pick number 21, I have the Indianapolis Colts selecting edge rusher Aziz Ojolari out of Georgia. And I think the Colts are another team who really could go in a wide variety of directions here. I could see them going receiver, but this class is incredibly deep, and I think they think they can get a guy maybe in the second, third round. They could also go offensive line, but I think they'd probably be reaching for a guy if they draft him this early. They could trade back, which is an option, but I think they go out and they draft Ojolari. He's a guy who has the ability to step in and be a rushing linebacker right away, and he really adds another weapon to this already strong Indianapolis Colts defense. The Titans are now up on the clock, and I have them selecting wide receiver Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. The Titans are in desperate need of a pass catcher. This offseason, they lost Corey Davis, who was their number two receiver. They lost Adam Humphreys. They lost their number one tight end, Jonu Smith, all to free agency. 
And the only pass catcher they brought in to replace these guys was Josh Reynolds, who I do not think is going to cut it as a number two wide receiver. So I think you need to go out and get a pass catcher in this draft. And I can see them doing it in the first round with Rashad Bateman. He's a great guy to pair with AJ Brown on opposite sides. And I think this is a really solid wide receiver duo that the Titans could have for a long time. Now we have the Jets with their second pick of the first round at pick 23. And I have them selecting cornerback Greg Newsom II out of Northwestern. The Jets have a void at corner, so Newsom can come in and fill that. Newsom does have some durability concerns as he hasn't played a full college season, but he has great ball skills and he has very effective athleticism, which keeps his value as a first round pick. So I could definitely see the Jets going this direction with their pick. Now the Steelers are up at pick number 24, and I have them going with offensive lineman Jalen Mayfield out of Michigan. I know a lot of people are going to want them to be going Najee Harris here, but I really think you need to improve that O-line before you get a running back. If you bring in Najee Harris, you're really just not setting him up to succeed right away because this is an offensive line that really struggled last year. The pass protection wasn't great. They didn't have a run game, and it really led to their quick passing scheme being pretty predictable. And while that does have to do with Ben Roethlisberger not being able to throw the ball down the field as well as he could have before, I think it was also kind of forced on him just because they could not get the pass protection going. Hypothetically, if the Steelers draft an offensive lineman here in the first round, I don't think that rules out them trading up in the second round and getting a guy like Najee Harris or Travis Etienne, who I think could still possibly be there in the early parts of round two. The Jaguars are now up with their second pick of the first round, and I have them selecting TCU safety, Trevon Morig. The Jaguars are in need of a safety, and Morig is the best option at safety in this draft. He's solid in coverage. He does need a little bit of work in the running game. He gets a little bit over-aggressive, but he is a ball hawk, which is one of his more positive attributes. Seven career college interceptions, which is really solid at the safety position. So he's a guy who's going to be able to step in probably on day one and really just command that safety job. Moving on to pick number 26, I have the Browns selecting edge rusher Quiddy Pay out of Michigan. And Quiddy Pay is a guy that I've seen all over draft boards. He's a guy who some people have in the top 10 and on other boards isn't even in the top 30. So I kind of went in the middle ground here. He's a player who has a really high ceiling due to his athleticism. He wins at the line of scrimmage more with power as opposed to finesse, but if the Browns are able to scheme him in effectively, he is a great opportunity to be a cornerstone of that defense for years to come. Now at pick 27, I have the Baltimore Ravens selecting edge rusher Jason Owe out of Penn State. I think the Ravens could go in a couple different directions here with this pick. I think people are going to want them to go out and get a receiver but I just don't think they have a great track record of doing that. They drafted Marquise Brown in the first round, and they really haven't shown a willingness to go out and get another top option at receiver. And I do think they have a need here at edge rusher. They lost linebacker Matthew Judon and defensive end Yannick Ngakwe in free agency. Those two players combined for nine sacks in 2020. So I do think you need a guy who's going to come in and be able to rush the passer. Owe is one of the more raw prospects in this draft. He's only a redshirt sophomore and only played in 20 college games, but I think his athleticism does give him the opportunity to be a potential double-digit sack guy in the future. Now, speaking of a team with a lot of needs, the New Orleans Saints here are picking at number 28, and I have them going with linebacker Zayvon Collins out of Tulsa. This pick could go in a lot of different directions. 
they had a pretty rough free agency where they needed to release a lot of players due to their cap struggles. But I do think linebacker is definitely a position of need for them. And Zayvon Collins is also a very versatile player, one of the most versatile defenders in this draft. So I think he goes to the Saints who can use him pretty creatively. He has the ability to defend the run, rush the passer, and drop into coverage. So that triple threat for a linebacker, which is something that a lot of these prospects cannot say they're successful in all three phases. Now at 29 here, I think the Packers are another team where people are going to want them to go out and help Aaron Rodgers and get him another weapon, but I just do not see them doing this. They have shown resistance to going out and drafting these top weapons for Aaron Rodgers or even signing them in free agency, so I don't expect them to change that philosophy here, and I have them drafting Landon Dickerson from Alabama, offensive lineman. In college, Dickerson played in all five offensive line spots, so he does have that versatility. Durability is a little bit of concern for him as he only stayed healthy for one full college season. At the NFL level, I expect Dickerson to shift to an interior offensive line role. I think he can come in and replace Corey Lindsay's spot at center, who I spoke about earlier, who signed with the Chargers. So I think Dickerson can come in and fill that spot at center, which is a need that the Packers definitely have. The Buffalo Bills are now up. And at pick number 30, I have them selecting cornerback Asante Samuel Jr. Samuel Jr. is a great coverage corner. He's great in man coverage. He also has the ability to play on the outside or in the slot, so he does give you that versatility. He's slightly undersized for the NFL, but I do think despite his size, he's still a first-round talent and is a great young corner that you can plug in opposite Tredavious White. I recorded this mock draft early Friday morning, and so originally I had the Chiefs picking at 31, but some breaking news just came out. The Kansas City Chiefs traded their number 31 pick to the Baltimore Ravens. They traded that 31st pick and a couple extra picks to the Ravens for offensive tackle Orlando Brown, and then the Ravens also threw in a couple picks. So the Chiefs no longer have a first round pick. They got a guy they need though, Orlando Brown, after that Super Bowl, they realized they needed to shore up that O-line, so they found their guy. They didn't need to go out and get a guy in the draft. So now the Ravens have two first-round picks. I had them taking a edge rusher with their first first-round selection, and now they have another selection. And so I originally talked about how I didn't think they were going to go receiver in the first round, but that was because they really had a need at edge rusher. So I think this move now opens them up to get Lamar Jackson a weapon that he desperately needs. You have to have another guy there. You have Marquise Brown, you have Mark Andrews, you just brought in Sammy Watkins, but adding another solid kind of big bodied receiver would really help Lamar Jackson out. So I have them selecting Terrace Marshall from LSU, the wide receiver here at the number 31 pick. Marshall was the third wide receiver on that national championship LSU team behind Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. But with both Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson not playing at LSU this past year, Terrace Marshall really broke out and showed that he is a top wide receiver prospect this year. So I think they go out, they get him, and they really just secure this offense even more for Lamar Jackson. Now you have some really solid weapons to go along with a really explosive running game. And I think this move is great for both teams. The Ravens now have a really solid defense and offense to complement each other. And the Chiefs are able to protect Patrick Mahomes, who's going to be their franchise quarterback for probably 10 plus more years.
Now the last pick of the first round is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think they have some options with this pick. They really don't have any glaring needs. They went out and they basically re-signed everybody from that Super Bowl winning roster. So I think this is a spot where they could trade back if the opportunity presented itself, but I don't have them trading back here. Right now I have them drafting interior defensive lineman Christian Barmore out of Alabama. This is pretty much a luxury pick for the Buccaneers because they don't have a direct need here, but I think Barmore can serve as the future starter on the interior defensive line next to Vita Vea. You have Ndamukong Sue who also plays that position, but he's coming to the end of his career. He's 34 years old and just signed a one-year extension. So I think you can have Barmore kind of play behind Vea and Sue, get some reps, and then when Sue eventually moves on, you can have Barmore step in on that already imposing defensive line of the Buccaneers. All right, guys, that is all the picks, one through 32 of my first mock draft. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. Once again, let me know in the comments what you guys think. Let me know about specific picks, if you agree with them, disagree with them, and then let me hear your reasoning as well. So thank you guys so much. If you enjoyed the content, liking and subscribing would be really big for the channel. I'll see you guys next time.